working moms, stay-at-home moms, moms who are making time for the gym, moms who are not making time for the gym. Oh, you must be the, and it's like, oh my God, could we just take off all of the judgment? <laughs> like what, how someone decides to spend their time that they have on this earth. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Don't touch anything. I'm Rachel. Don't Hi, Rachel. make any sudden movements. Guess what, guys? We have an awesome sound team and they spent a really, really lot of time maximizing today's sound. So I hope we sound so good. And just to let you know a little bit where they're at in their mental health, <laughs> during the sound check, one of our team members asked Kelsey if she's considered <laughs> that she might be a liar. <laughs> I don't, I think that is the absolute best phrase to summarize where they're at. I'm like, can you, I, can you hear it through this? Can you hear it through this? And she's like, have you considered the fact that you're a liar? I'm like, what? Just consider it is all she's asking. I mean, what? That's, you can consider it. You can. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, I love them. I I do want to say, guys, like if you know anything about CBG, you know we have an amazing team. Just in general, our support support ladies are amazing. Our warehouse people are amazing. Our production people are amazing. Our marketing, our content, like everyone is super amazing. And I don't know how we got just like this mix of awesome humans in here that just like are amazing and will do anything to make anything successful. But we're so thankful. We're so thankful for them every day. I am. It's so good to shout them out. And it's also so good to just have them be at a place where they can just (laughs) say to us, have you considered that you're a liar? And that is just part of it. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be. It's just the most amazing place to work. And these people are it anyway. They're it. They're it. Live for them. You know, I'm wearing a hat today. (laughs) I'm here for it. Let me tell you why I'm here for it. Okay. It's always me, but I, I know what you're doing with your hat because (laughs) that's a customized hat. And I know whose that is. And you have now resorted to stealing (laughs) from your own mother on Mother's (laughs) Day weekend. And I just want to tell you, you are a savage at another level. (laughs) She wears that all the time. Yeah, I know. And what happened was I was like, I need a hat because I am refusing to wash my hair. And 
just want to be completely honest about that. We got to be transparent here, but you know, there's, there's so many, I'm going to tell you something about me. There's so much that I try to fit into every day that I try to do every day and like concentrate on and make sure like this and this and this happens. And sometimes I'm like, are you serious? I, I have to wash my hair. Like, you know what? I do that with eating. I'm like, oh, are you serious that I really, we're, it's 2023 and I still have to eat to survive. Is this a joke or something? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Haven't we figured this out by now? Well, I do think that along those same lines of stopping to eat and (laughs) wash our hair and do some of those, um, extracurricular activities <laughs> that shit we do when we're not accomplishing anything yeah i think that goes like a great segue into our topic today which we are talking about self-care and what self-care isn't redefining self-care what it is what it isn't and just sifting that through because there's a lot of conversation specifically within the last three to five years about self-care, what that looks like and all the rules and the parameters around what self-care can be and what it can't be. And I want to talk about that. I just want to have an honest conversation with it for a minute because it's been an interesting rise of self-care and hustle culture and trying to figure out how to balance both of those things. How do we hustle harder than anyone, any other generation has ever been? The generations that walked uphill both ways in no shoes and just like picked themselves up by their bootstraps and all of the toxic language around that. And then, (laughs) and then this other side of acknowledging self-care and realizing that self-care is one of the most important things. And how do we bring those together? And then how do we do self-care right? And how are we doing it wrong? Because ultimately, (laughs) right? Like there's, there's a lot there. It's so good. It's so good because like just in that, like one little diatribe that you had there. Is that the right word? In that one little thing, you said so many things. Okay. First of all, self-care is having a moment. Okay. Self-care is hot. Self-care is almost as hot as balloons. Balloons and self-care are like skyrocketing. The helium shortage and there's so many eye masks being sold right now. Self-care is hot. And it's so funny that alongside the rise of self-care came the the rise of hustle culture. Just in case you were wondering if anyone wanted you to actually succeed at having a balanced life. No, because we're going to do the rise of hustle culture and the rise of self-care at the exact same time and be like, so how are you going to do this now? (laughs) Good luck to you. You got to pave your own road because there are so many things that we're being told are important all at one time. And it really just begs the question, how can I do all of these things at once? How am I supposed to do a podcast and drink my water if everyone's going to hear me gulping? And this is what I'm, you know, this is the, this is the thing with self-care It's like, it's been, it's so hot that now it's taken on all these weird meanings. And there's like two camps where like, we're on the extremes of like, Camp number one calls self-care 
things that it's not. Okay. Like these things are not self-care. I will say this is probably majority the mom camp because moms with littles are in such a time in their life where they often will have so little free time that that camp has started defining self-care as like going to the bathroom by yourself. That's not self-care guys going to the grocery store alone is not self-care. Okay. Let's take that right out of the conversation. Like having time to schedule a dentist appointment and going and like getting a filling is not self-care. I mean, these are things. Okay. I I will put mine in there. Sitting down to eat is not (laughs) self-care. These are things that are just basic human needs. And we need to definitely stop categorizing those as like, oh, I'm going to get a treat. I'm going to go to the grocery store by myself. That's not recharging your battery. That's not self-care. And I I absolutely want to first, I guess, to kind of define what self-care isn't before we can kind of get into how we're going to define it for ourselves. Yeah. I think that what you're saying is a really interesting conversation about martyrism and how that ties into self-care and for, and just recognizing that for the mom camp, this has been ingrained and not, not your fault. It's one of those things that like, I would just like to acknowledge that like from a societal standpoint, this has been drilled into what is normal and what is considered being a mom and how you have to martyr yourself into self-care. And those two things are in the same conversation because we don't, I'm just so busy with my kids. Like my self-care is taking a shower. Like, all right, calm your martyrism down just a little bit. Like that is not how we are treating ourselves. That is not talking about like meeting your basic needs as a human is um, really important and really great to put first. But we really, when we're thinking about how we care for ourselves and how we care for how we fill up our cup for others, we have to acknowledge where we might be inserting some martyr tendencies in there. Yeah. And even if you're not doing it purposely, sometimes just to fit in, in the, that like mom subculture of like, Oh my God, I was so proud. Cause I got five minutes to sit in the bathroom by myself and like other moms being like, yeah, that's awesome. And, and just the norms and cultural things that are surrounding how much you need to give to your kids. And that if you are not giving that much, if you are getting a bunch of uninterrupted bath time, you must not be taking good care of them. So, well, that brings up the whole other side, working moms, stay at home moms, moms who are making time for the gym, moms who are not making time for the gym. Oh, you must be there. And it's like, Oh my God, could we just take off all of the judgment? <laughs> like what, how someone decides to spend their time that they have on this earth. It's almost like they decided their priorities. And then they like just lived like that. And it's almost like, wow, that has nothing to do with me. The other side of self-care is sort of the commercial side where it's all about the bath bombs and the massages and the coconut oil and the, um, I'm going to lay on the couch for six hours and binge watch a TV show 
these are the kinds of things that are marketed as self-care. Um, and I also want to challenge those because the weird thing is that we're almost getting away from the true meaning of like what the word is. Self-care is a bath bomb really helping you to become the best version of yourself. I don't know the answer to that because what we're going to talk about later is like everyone needs to define what their own self-care looks like. And that is one of the most important things. But also like does binge watching an entire season of TV help you to become less stressed in your life so that you're able to recharge? I don't know, but I really think that people need to sit with those because I think some of these activities have been made commonplace for like, this is how you self-care. But when you turn around, you're done with that activity and you look at, did anything improve or the reasons why I was drained before? Did I take any steps towards me drawing clearer boundaries or making, you know, some of the things that were making me stressed out? Did I take any steps towards working on those or did I just sit for six hours and do nothing? And is that helping me to be the best version of myself. It's just questions that you need to ask. That's all. And, and you come out with your own answers on that. But I just think that going back to the root of the word, self-care is like a really important thing that it doesn't just mean taking a bubble bath. Well, it's interesting because the evolution of that has really been commercialized, right? So if you have an idea of self-care and I think we went back to the original meaning of the word, which is note thyself or know thyself. And then you insert it into, you know, modern society where everything has be, how can we make money off of this idea? And there's really no other way to make money off of knowing yourself other than saying in order to self care, you need to have X, Y, and Z. And maybe at the end of the day, if you've decided that some of those things fit into your definition of self-care, I'm totally here for that. But the thing is, is that we've been, we're constantly pushed in some of these directions. Like you are doing self-care if you are improving, some of these are improving your beauty. So are you doing face masks? Are you doing bubble baths? Are you getting your nails done? A lot of these things have been categorized in self-care and who is benefiting from that? For me personally, I got caught into this because I would call it self-care Thursdays and every other Thursday, I'd go get my nails done. If you've been listening to this podcast before, you know, I don't like to get my nails done. It's not a good experience for me. I don't like to sit still for that long. I'm not with someone that I like I'm a friend or talking to, and it's not a pretty good experience. There's like people around. It's never the music I like. Sometimes I forget my headphones. It's not anything that actually fills my cup. It's more of a chore for me that like, I do feel good when my nails are done throughout the week, but it's more of like something I had to do and not something that fills my cup. But the reason why I put it in the self-care category was because like getting your nails done seems like a luxury, I guess where that should be a form of self-care where like it wasn't for me and where I would move towards things that make me feel more caring towards myself is workouts for sure. Stretching, going for walks and like workouts a lot of time are not categorized in the self-care category because you're not like resting, like you have to be resting. But there's a lot that I personally work through 
when I'm doing a workout that I don't have the ability to slow down during other points during my day. So I don't have the ability to sift through some of the thoughts where it seems like that's actually a quiet time where like things slow down, although I'm moving faster, things are slowing in my head to a point where like I can recognize how I might feel about something, how I might be working through a situation, how I might be working through different points in my life. And I'll come out of maybe a, a 15 minute Metcon with a big sigh and maybe some, some thoughts about like how I should move forward with a situation or like how I would like to proceed going forward. And that is caring. I'm so glad that you said those two examples, because I think that a lot of people are going to identify with, you know, those beauty routines being, what they're supposed to be doing, but for some reason, it's not that fulfilling to them. I had a moment where I realized that self-care like norms weren't going to work for me either. Um, which was, you know, self-care is marketed as alone time, especially for moms that you need to be doing it alone. And it's got to be, you know, quiet and relaxing and ideally no one's bothering you. And that's great. And I, I used to have like a lot of, you know, attempts at that where I'd be like, Oh, can you, you know, tell my husband, can you like take him to the playground or something? I'm just going to be alone. I, I need some alone time someone has told me that I need that. And I found it to be incredibly unfulfilling and that I just missed them the whole time when I was gone. And I, I was thinking like, oh, I'm just stuck in like toxic mom culture where I'm like, get the kid out of here. And then the minute the kid leaves, like bring the kid back. I miss the kid, <laughs> which is like a weird mom thing. Like people know you feel this, but actually what I decided was that I actually don't like to spend my self-care alone. I would rather spend it connecting with someone. So if it's not my son or if it's not my husband, then I started going and going like for walks with mom. And like, I like to use my self-care to talk to someone. I don't like to be alone. And so like all of that alone time wasn't working for me or filling up my cup. And it was a good realization for me. So now whenever I'm going to do something that I would consider self-care, I always try to get someone to come do it with me that I want to spend time with because, um, for me, it doesn't work to be alone. It also doesn't work to be relaxing all the time. I don't find it relaxing to be relaxed. That isn't a thing for me. Also, I just want to point out that uh, it doesn't need to cost any money or involve buying anything. And I think that the biggest misconception is that self-care and treat yourself are the same. And I think we've gotten those way blurred. Treat yourself is like a completely different thing that is like designed for mentality of like, Hey, you deserve the things that, you know, you work hard and you deserve things too. And you don't have to constantly make sacrifices. You deserve some good things in life and you should treat yourself. Self-care though is different. And I just, um, when we brought it back to the, you know, the first original terms, like know thyself, I thought it was actually really interesting that, so that's like Socrates, that's like way back coining self-care. But in 1971, a nurse used the phrase in her book and she, um, she was trying to like transform the healthcare system. And the book was called self-care deficit theory. And she had this theory that teaching patients self-care 
which she defines self-care as how to be more self-reliant in like maintaining their treatments after their hospital stay. She thought that that would dramatically change the health industry because self-care was being self-reliant enough to use the tools that you were taught in the hospital and be able to maintain your lifestyle independent of any healthcare workers. And when you take those two definitions of like know yourself and practice self-reliance, there's no lavender eye masks there. You know what I mean? It's like, why are we, why are we trying to use creams and lotions as like magic anxiety reducing products? when what we know about reducing anxiety is it's best done when you are practicing knowing yourself and being self-reliant. Yeah. What a great point. I'm glad you brought that up too in ways of the ability to care for yourself because even just switching that around and acknowledging how do I care for myself? Like I am a human here on this planet and the only way that I can live my best life and contribute to other people is by caring for myself first. And how do I do that? How do I, what, is, what does that look like for me? And there really is no one size fits all for anyone. So like I can share some of mine and Rachel can share some of hers. But if you're like, you know what, going to the grocery store, which we, you know, we call it that is like one of those things where like, it's, it's really self carry for me. I like to get my list and I like to do these things like, cool. If you've decided that any of those things are filling your cup and you leave them and you feel better and you feel like you have cared for yourself, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm totally here for it. But I, what I really want to challenge everyone to do after this episode or as we're talking is to think about some of the things that care for you as a human and what do they look like? What do they feel like? How do you feel afterwards? Because you have had a lot of experience in this life and have been able to know maybe at certain times, this looks like self-care for you. And at other times, this looks like self-care for you. And that is totally normal and fine. But when it comes to things like, for example, like binge watching a, a TV show afterwards, do you feel more in touch with yourself? Do you feel that you have cared for yourself? Do you feel more present in the moments or was that form of self-care more of a form of escapism? Because I think a lot of times we're, especially like right now in society, we're looking to escape a lot and not come back into how we are caring for ourselves and what that means and what that looks like, because it's hard work. And sometimes it brings up some like things that you might not want to face. And you're like, Oh, is that, am I caring for myself right now? You get to decide because they're living there anyway. <laughs> like they're there anyway. So if you decide to care for them or if you decide to ignore them, that's on you. But after some of those activities, what do you feel? How does that look like? And do you think of it next time you're thinking like, I need to really show myself some love and some care. What is that going to look like this time? And maybe you try something different. If you've decided that some of the ways that you've been practicing quote unquote self care, don't feel like they are energizing you for the life that you want to live. It's a great point. It's a great point that escaping isn't the same 
as caring. And you cannot lavender eye mask your way out of trauma. You can't lavender eye mask your way out of not feeling loved or appreciated or important. You cannot spa treatment your way into setting appropriate boundaries with people. I mean, we need to look at the reasons why we are desperate for self-care. Is it because we are not setting appropriate boundaries with people where they are taking up so much of our time that we feel drained to a point where we have nothing left for ourselves. Is getting a one hour massage going to change those circumstances? In my opinion, you are going to feel the exact same as you did, just so maybe a little looser in the muscle area because the root cause has not been addressed. And I'm not saying that you need to spend your free time on like self-improvement. Okay. Because I do think that there is a time for rest, right? Especially when people are, you know, in situations where they have a lack of sleep, but hold the phone because like, why is there a lack of sleep? Is there, is there a lack of boundaries going on there? Right. And if you sleep two extra hours and you say, that's my self care, I took a nap is next week. Are you going to have any different of a situation or are you going to need, you know what I mean? I just, I think that it's really, really important that we are looking at the reasons for the drain and then using self-care time as ways to address that. Now, I will say for myself, during the week, I take very little time outside of, I, outside of work or my son. But one of the self-care things that I do every week is I schedule a therapy session during the work day. <laughs> And that is what I consider my self-care for the week. And I I just started this this year and it's been really, really good for me to reframe what self-care looked like rather than, you know, going off alone and getting a pedicure or something. Going to therapy seems like, oh, that's not probably how you want to maybe spend your time. But actually, I've needed a lot less um, lavender face masks since going to do the work in therapy because I've utilized tools where I don't get so burnt out that I'm ready to crack because I have tools now to set more appropriate boundaries and to tell people when I'm needing something or it doesn't get to that breaking point. And I feel like that's a really good example of sort of addressing the reasons why we're looking for that hit of dopamine or like the endorphins rush so badly that we're, we're trying to buy, but it, you can't, you can't buy something to reduce your cortisol. Like you can't, you, you have to, that's a, a technique that has to be done within your own body. So first of all, I'm so glad you shared that. And thank you so much for sharing that because I, I'm, I think so much about how often we feel we need some type of overhaul of self-care because we are trying to live off of these small dopamine hits that we're getting that aren't actually ever addressing the problem. 
And I think a lot of people can relate to this because like, what are the things that you're doing that might be saying like, well, this makes me feel good right now, but like it doesn't necessarily make you feel good long term. And how can we get to a place where you don't need this emergency self-care, where you don't need this like emergency overhaul, where you are continuously in the same pattern of things that are not working for you in your life. And I know that's something I say often to my friends, how's that working for you? Because we get into these patterns of things that are not working for us to live our best life. They're just genuinely not. And we just keep doing them and we keep needing to have some of these like overhauls of trying to get self-care or, or escape and or just get into these. I have to go and, and lay down on the couch for the entire weekend because like I'm so miserable throughout the week that I can barely make it and I'm barely hanging on. And we've glamorized that. We have absolutely in this hustle culture development, we have absolutely normalized suffering through your everyday life in order to get to the weekend or to get to your self-care day or like whatever. And it's like very normalized where like I, what I would challenge you to do is look at how we can get to a more homeostasis. How, how can we get to a more balanced feeling where self-care is important and it's part of your routine and it is necessary, but it is not an emergency. I'm going to crack without this situation because I've practiced it over periods of time. And I've recognized what it is that makes me feel good. What makes me feel good in my life? What is helping me with my relationships? And like, you've recognized that like you, what you thought you needed time alone. Cause someone said you needed time alone, but that wasn't helping you work through some of your issues, some of the things that were causing you unsettled feelings. You can call them my issues. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> I corrected it so they're, fast. They're, no. they're my issues. <laughs> I'm good with an, it. An unsettled feeling is where I was going with it. We all got issues. We've all got issues, but you've shared throughout the podcast, you have like ways that you deal with things is like talking out loud in rooms, right? Like remember that episode guys where like Rachel likes to voice her things out loud and she likes to speak through them and like, in during that process, since acknowledging that one thing that was really helpful to you during conflict, you've now worked your way into discussing them with another person in a setting and like, wow, growth, hashtag growth. I'm doing it. I'm trying to do You're it. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think that when, when I heard this phrase, it helped me so much to realize that there were so many opportunities every single day for self-care that I was not recognizing as self-care. I was like building up to this like weekend spa trip and like everything until then was going to be shit. But when experts that talk about self-care and how to best do it, they are constantly talking about the consciousness during self-care because it's not only about what your body is doing. It's about like where your mind is. And that made me recognize that coming back to consciousness and awareness and mindfulness at any point in the day, expressing gratitude about where I am, the people around me, that 
is an opportunity for self-care every single day that I was missing before. And I still do miss, but you know, one of the examples, one of the writers gave that was talking about this in an article that I wrote, she was talking about how she was trying to, she was sitting and working on her computer and she's trying to write an article and her son comes up and he wants to show her, you know, his new marble run and he's built 3000 marble runs and she's gone and saw all of them. And her first like thought was like, can I have a goddamn minute to myself? Like, why doesn't he go show his father? Like, can't he see I'm typing? And <laughs> she was writing the article on self-care and she said that during that moment, she reminded herself to just come back to the immediate moment, not future telling, not looking in the past, not what do I have to get done? Not what's going to happen tomorrow. Where, what have, what did I do yesterday? Just looking in that very moment, she like looked at his t-shirt and it said, it was so cute. It said, um, taco cat is taco cat spelled backwards. And she just zeroed <laughs> in on the t-shirt <laughs> and she was like, Oh my God, this is my son. He is showing an interest in this marble run. And I am so lucky that he's choosing me to share his passion with. And all of a sudden it went from like being annoyed to feeling literally so happy and excited to go see his thing because it just even though there were 15 other things pulling her other places, it was just about that one moment and grounding herself and centering herself in that one moment. And she went and looked at the marble run without a, like, I really have to get back to my work. And she said she enjoyed looking at that marble run more than the 3000 other ones he ever built. And she said to me, that felt like self-care. And I couldn't agree with that more. I don't think there's a mask on the market that can give what that, that hit of dopamine, that reduction in cortisol, that endorphin release that she got from being present and being grateful. And I just think that kind of focusing more on our consciousness when we think about our own self-care can be so helpful because you can still do the activities you want to do. You can still say, I want to go walk around home goods. Like that's self-care to me. As long as you're conscious in the moment and say, wow, this is so amazing that I get to go walk around home goods. I love the way it smells in home goods. I just, I'm so excited to be like just being there. It, it makes any activity self-carry because you're just like soaking up the joy of that moment of being alive. Is that too deep? No, I think that was too much. Am I too much? It's you're never too much in my opinion. (laughs) But I'm not a good person to check in with on being too much. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) But I do think that you called out something really important there, which is part of like reframing our minds and what our negative mindset kind of draws us to. When we put self care in a when we come from more of a a martyrdom place in self-care and saying like, well, my self-care is I get to go to the bathroom by myself. Do you see, do you hear how that framework works in this negative way of self-care? It's almost like 
there's, there's no gratitude in that. There's no, there's no real feelings of like, I'm so in the moment right now. And I'm so thankful that I'm here. So when you think, when we're thinking about self-care and you think about like, what can it be? What can't it be? And us putting like absolutely no rules on that, but asking that you maybe think about some of the traditional ways that have been presented to you as self-care and asking some of the questions does this feel like self-care to me? Do I feel grateful? Do I feel in the moment? Do I feel like this helps me feel more into myself? Does this bring me more into myself so that I can fill my cup and then interact well with others so I can bring the energy and the passion and the compassion to other relationships that I have in my life because my glasses is somewhat full and, and I can contribute in a meaningful way. That's something that like, I, I don't even want to say it's easy because we, we have to fight a lot of different ideas when you decide that you're going to care for yourself, especially as women, because this quote unquote selfish feeling and this negative idea of being selfish or being selfless is your ultimate goal as a woman where you have to really step outside of that and say like, no, caring for myself is a caring for myself and I'm important and it is caring for others. And it's really important that I show that I show up for them. That's always what's really important for me. It's important to me that I show up to my friends, my relationships and as an aunt, as a person that is able to contribute what I would hope to in a room that I'm not so exhausted or so annoyed or my patience is so low that I'm not able to contribute what I would like to contribute here because I know I have more to give. I hate hearing you say that because I, I know that that's just a, a part of who you are and, and you feel very responsible for like what you're giving to a room and what, and, and I do want everybody to know that that feels that same kind of way. And, you know, they're saying, I want to fill my cup so I can just be better for the people around you. Like I get you, I hear you, but no matter what, you're good enough. If you come in cranky, we love you. If you come in tired, we love you. If you come in like all sorts of F sideways, we love you. So I do want to just send out a little shout out to those people that are always with that backdrop that like, your people love you no matter what, and you do not owe them the best of you, the mostly best of you, you owe them whatever you can give on that day. And, um, and that is just fine. But I just, I'd like this conversation of thinking about self-care in a way that we can really own it and define it for ourselves and stop going and doing these, you know, these bubble baths when we don't like bubble baths. You know what I mean? Like, like if you like it, then great. But I, I just don't like kale. Don't eat kale. If you don't like I'm bubble saying. baths, don't eat bubble baths. If you don't right. like yoga, don't go to yoga. If that's not self-care for you, like, <laughs> yes. And on the flip side of that, 
let's make sure that our self-care isn't sabotaging the goals in our life too. Like I've heard people say what I really needed for myself was like to go on the couch and like get all the junk food and just like binge watch a show and just like eat really disgusting. That's what it, it was my self-care. And then at the same time, I say like, you know, what are some of your biggest goals in your life? Well, I'd like to be healthier. I'd like to have a lower body fat percentage. I'd like to bring down my, um, um, you know, cholesterol numbers. And I'm like, okay, okay. Let's just make sure that the activities that you're doing for self-care aren't contributing to the reasons why you need self-care, right? Like just, I mean, we really want to think in terms of our own goals, our own best version of our life and build self-care around that because nobody's going to be able to tell you what that is. And they definitely don't sell it in a store. Those are, those are those small dopamine hits though, right? Like there are those small dopamine hits that we get that aren't actually contributing to our overall happiness. And that looks many ways. I just want to call out another one for some that are listening because social media provides some dopamine hits, friend. Friend, can you hear this? <laughs> that sometimes we rely on for those dopamine hits without actually addressing some of the issues that are going to contribute to overall happiness. And that is a form of escapism. I'm just going to say that for what it is, because I think it's important to know that there's not one lane for these escapism habits. They're all over the place. One is not better than the other. Doom scrolling is not better than the other. None of these things are, if it's at the end of the day, is not contributing to your self-care and your happiness. We got to sit with that for a second. I do want to hit some lift and drop. <laughs> Alicia's outside. I do want to hit some lift and drop uh, maybe in the self-care theme. Oh, damn it. Okay. Okay. All right. I can, I can roll with it. Yes. Well, no, you can do whatever. There's no rules around here. Is, it, is that a theme of I know, our podcast? I, know I like, like it. I love the, the theme. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know how I am about my themes. Yeah. Okay. I love them. I do. <laughs> I would like to say one thing that I am lifting, and I don't want to like specifically go in the like just yoga, but like yoga, mindfulness, meditation quieter activities. I'm lifting those because I feel a lack of them in my life right now. And I would like to lift those a little bit more. And what I would like to drop is well, I was like, Oh God, what I would like to drop is some phone time. I have this like need to work all the time that is not necessarily healthy for me. And I would like to drop some of that because it's this like, it hangs over. What do I check? What do I miss? What do I, I have to figure this out better. And like, I don't have to learn everything, know everything in a short period of time. I like want to know all the things. I want to be the smartest person and like the most informed and get the most done. And like, no, going to drop that a little bit. Take a little less phone time and a little bit more quiet time without the phone and feel good about that. Hmm. Can I drop that too? <laughs> you 
can you can drop that too. Remember yeah. your drop. I would yeah. like to stop. I would like to stop doom scrolling as well. I would. I that would be great. That would be a fantastic. And I and I disguise it the same way. Like, oh, I have to know. I have to be informed. If I don't know, then that makes me susceptible or um, in some way Blind not prepared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Um, I, I like where you're. I like where you're going there. Like what you're throwing down. And you know what I'm gonna lift is. Um, I just spent the entire podcast hating on lavender masks. But I'm gonna lift putting my little jellies, my eye jellies in the fridge. Do you do the, the ones that stick on? Yeah. Oh, I wanna try those. Okay, I'm lifting them. You look, well, I'll get enough for two. I'm not calling it self care. I'm just calling it my eyes look tired and I would feel greater if they didn't. So I'm gonna put them in the fridge at night because I heard that's a. a is this the stupidest lift you've ever heard? No. I'm going to put them in the fridge <laughs> at night and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to put them on when I'm making breakfast and stuff. And I'm, and I think, I think that's going to be great for me. I think that's going to be great for you too. I'm here for that. I want to try those jellies. I like, I've never, I've seen a lot of people use them. I've, I've never tried them. All I'd right. Like I'm going to buy double and we can, you could put them in the fridge too. And then we can like send pics yeah. in the morning. Okay, you got your jellies on. Hey, you got your jellies. Are you gelling? It's you gelling? modern age. You gelling? <laughs> See, I don't hate eye masks, guys. It was just a euphemism. All right, you guys have a great week. Take care of you, whatever that looks like. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.